The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'll be one of your hosts for the hours, and with us, or to say for the hour, and with us today also as co-host, we have Jenny Firmer, Associate Executive Producer from our, I'm calling you ex- Executive Producer now, Jenny, you like that? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenny is Associate Executive Director at Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services, which is located in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jenny, thanks for being on the line. It's great to be with you again, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And then also on the, on the line, we have our Associate Producer, Valerie Wright, CEO of Fright Ideals Unlimited, based in West Palm Beach, Florida as well. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Dr. G. It's good to be on with the three of you again. It's I know. It's with nice. the three of us, rather. Yeah. Right. It's been a while since all three of us have actually been on the line together. Mm-hmm. So, and today we, are, we have a sh- um, conversation we want to have and calls we want to get in and emails on the topic, fostering commitment and follow through. I um, had a conversation during a training last week where this theme really kind of came up, and I thought it'd be a wonderful discussion for us to have. Um, the conversation really kind of bore out of uh, a supervisor who really understood the value of providing, I think, clear direction um, and getting compliance, but perhaps underestimated the importance of the relationship as relates to driving commitment and um, fostering follow-through. So... Um, I'm going to just kind of leave it at that and then, Valerie, turn it over to you to see if we have some questions that have come in from our listening audience. Uh, yes, Dr. G. We have um, a question from Sandy in Ohio. <clears throat> Sandy says, I am a department manager responsible for leading 10 individuals in research and development. I have six team members who get it. They are self-motivated and com- have commitment and follow-through No, commitment and follow-through is not an issue. On the other hand, the other team members are more challenging to keep engaged, and I'm constantly managing their work at a level that I believe I should not have to at their level in the organization. What can I do to raise their commitment, follow-through, and motivation for the work? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's kind of a loaded... um uh, question, I appreciate that we have some context, but I also appreciate that we don't have all the context. Right. Um, Sandy in Ohio, thank you so much um, 
for participating in the conversation today. Um, you know, it would be interesting to to for me, Sandy, uh, to be able to ask you what's the difference in the relationship between the six that are self-motivated and committed and you get good follow-through from and what might be the difference as relates to the other four. I'd also wonder um, what your assessment is, Sandy, as it relates to their um, their competence with regards to the general know-how and skill and what it is you'd like to see them do. Um, in addition to their um, motivation and their confidence to do what it is there to do, because it's hard to determine in in this instance whether or not this what you're not getting is really a know-how issue. Um, haven't developed a level of uh, strategic thinking versus technical thinking, perhaps, um, to the, so that they've elevated their work to that next level of thinking. So, kind of hard to know why you're not getting what you're getting, but if I'm looking at raising their level of commitment and follow-through, um, I'm wondering about support. I'm wondering about what could be done so that they really feel that um, you have positive intentions toward them and they're, and they're um, delivering on whatever it is, whatever it is they are, um, you're expecting them to deliver on. So, I want to bake some more thoughts on that. Think about this one a little bit more. But in the meantime, Valerie and um, Jenny, any thoughts come to mind for you for Sandy? Well, I, I think the point that you made about um, know-how in terms of mastery, mm-hmm. I I think every time I think about motivation and engagement in particular, I know that it's not the same for everyone, just like some of us like green and purple and orange or whatever. So what motivates the individual, I think, is the leadership responsibility to really better understand that. And Sandy's question is very loaded because she's able to identify six who appear really self-motivated and it's unclear why they're self-motivated as opposed and engaged that way as opposed to the four who appear more uncommitted maybe or unengaged um, or don't have the skills and aren't knowing how the know, you know what the next steps are. So I always think about engagement and motivation as initially being the responsibility, as you suggesting, I think, Cheryl, of really us needing to take the time out to really understand what motivates somebody and why they are engaged or not engaged. Sometimes it's an issue of autonomy. They have the know-how, but they're not able to exercise, if you will, their creativity and their autonomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valerie, any thoughts from you? Thank you, Jenny. Yeah, I don't think that I can give advice, but I, I could raise some questions that Sandy could think about. Okay. Um, one is, does um, the group, uh, the other four, do the other four really understand the commitment that's needed from them? Do they understand um their the the impact of their commitment or lack of commitment if if that is in fact what it is um what it has on the others 
um, I would raise the question or ask her to think about how is the group working collectively? You know, what is the level of camaraderie, trust, care? I think the group dynamic could be impacting individuals as well, and that's something to think about in terms of the group collective um, interactions mm-hmm. that that might be impacting the commitment level of the six versus the four. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And so, Sandy, taking some time to evaluate uh, perhaps some of the team dynamics as well, and maybe am I adding to that question Sandy's reflection with regards to is she really dealing with the motivation issue? Is it really about people not being motivated or having the confidence, which if that's the case, then Sandy figuring out how might she best help staff feel supported and inspired to perform. And kind of going back to what Jenny said, getting to know them and figuring out what could help them do that. And then if it's a competence issue, it's what she determines after looking a little closer, that they really don't have a know-how or the skill, then how does she provide them with the direction, with the training, with the coaching to improve the competence that hopefully will then engage them further in doing their work at the level in which she needs to or desires to see it. And I would also add the reward piece. Mm-hmm. So when we think about motivation, we generally you get this picture of kind of the carrot and the stick. Mm-hmm. And and so what kind of rewards are important to people can also impact their level of motivation and commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't I'm not talking only that which is financial reward. Mm-hmm. It right. may be recognition, right. it may be all kinds of things mm-hmm. that are important to different people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I would fold that into that question of support. When we say, what support do they need? Absolutely. What what will be motivating? What would help them feel like um, their best interest is, is at heart? And people are intentional beings, so absolutely drives to what you're saying, um, Jenny, with regards to as an intentional being, we do that which we get some benefit from. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, um, Valerie and uh, Valerie, were you going to say something else? Yeah, I was going to go back to a point Jenny raised, and that also speaks to what you were just saying, and that is too, what's happening in terms of their ability to try things out. Maybe the skills are new, or they need to, um, you know. T- to be allowed to make mistakes, is it a learning environment? So can mm-hmm. they learn or uh, what happens when they try things? Maybe they've been um, stunted in that area. So mm-hmm. that would impact their uh, commitment if they're afraid that going forward mm-hmm. would would reach some negative responses. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe it's a level of commitment mm-hmm. commensurate with their uh, what they think is safe to do. Exactly. And doing more might be a little risky because of how the organization responds or do, does not respond to uh, mistakes, to, to yeah. something being delivered. So that's a great point. And, and talking of risk, mm-hmm. sometimes for us is, uh, in leadership positions, we have to really be willing to do some self-evaluation. Mm-hmm. And so it may be even within our body language that we provide approval or disapproval Mm-hmm. that which we're not always aware of. And mm-hmm. I think knowing, as Sandy has suggested, that she really can identify four people for whom whatever is happening isn't working mm-hmm. the way she would like to see in terms of performance, mm-hmm. really also looking and really being uh, introspective mm-hmm. about what it is she or she may, she may be doing or may not be doing. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And being, you know, the difference between being really proactive and passive mm-hmm. about thinking through the kind of cues that she may be giving. Right. right. No, I think those are all wonderful things for Sandy to consider. So, Sandy, thank you so much for your input with regards to asking your question and letting us bet around um, some of the hypotheses with regards to what you might be dealing with. And, Valerie, and Jenny, thanks for your um, comments to Sandy. Valerie, do you have another question? Yes, I have a question from Jill in California. Um, Jill's question states, as a manager, I find it difficult to keep my team motivated and committed, especially with the challenges we, the challenges we are currently facing in our workplace. Is this the best time to try and build and sustain commitment while we are experiencing such difficult period with the company? Am I setting people up for disappointment? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think here, too, we have a, somewhat of a loaded question from um, from Jill in the sense I'm wondering what the challenges are, but I think that regardless of the types of challenges that are taking place, it's often in the midst of challenging times is the time when our leadership needs to be more pronounced mm-hmm. and we uh, need to be able to help people focus, Valerie, as we are always talking about, beyond the despair, beyond the challenges, right. mm-hmm. to the hope, to the vision. Um, so, so Cheryl, mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of dialogue does that sound like? How does that dialogue sound? That sounds like um, really um, Jill being clear on where she wants to, you know, where does she want this team to go? What's her hope for this team? What's her vision for this team? And communicating it, and communicating in a way that also communicates what's in it for them, what's in it for them, what's mm-hmm. in it for the organization. Mm-hmm. So does that dialogue um, include the language of this may feel like despair, this may feel this way, this may feel that way, an acknowledgement of that? No, I, I mean, I think it could be that, but I think it's also it's also um, clear with regards to um, communicating clearly what's the vision. So, mm-hmm. So if it is that, you know, my my desire would be that our organization, as the training and staff, as the training and organization development unit, that we are valued uh, for our ability to strategically look at what the organization needs as it relates to um, having a skilled and competent workforce and a quality um, work culture with effective systems. Mm-hmm. And so my uh, my vision for our team mm-hmm. is that we are leading the way in ensuring these things happen and. And so um, I'm communicating a vision as to what it is we want to bring and that we're valued. You know, how do we position ourselves to be of value? What, you know, what are we currently doing that, that adds to our achieving that vision? And what else can we do to achieve that vision? And I think it goes back to conversations we've had previously regarding the priest of inquiry. Mm-hmm. where the focus is not on what's not happening, the mm-hmm. focus is not on problem solving, but the focus is on inspiring. And we inspire through, you know, here are the positive things that we have going for us. What's our vision for the possibilities? How do we then move forward to generating solutions as to how we're going to get there? What will we commit to do so that then we are constantly um, building upon positive energy, future thinking, solutions to generate positive energy toward accomplishments versus we can go into what's not happening and why it's not happening and problem solving and that's a much more drained situation and what sounds mm-hmm. like for Jill an already difficult and draining environment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would I think the AI approach is a really positive approach um, to use in times where you have difficulty, and it requires um, the manager very often to being willing and able to kind of step up to bring in that positive um, communication, bring in that appreciative communication that says, hey, you know what, here's what's going on, that's great, you know, where else can we be, you know, uh, 90 days, within the, by the next quarter, what might we be doing? Or a year from now, depending upon what the, what the projection needs to be, but the projection needs to be, be beyond today, mm-hmm. you know. What else more longer term, as yeah. opposed to okay. kind of the transactions that occur day to day to day. Exactly, because because if they're in despair, you know, I think she kept talking about difficult. She didn't say what the difficulty was, but she says it's a difficult time, yada yada yada. So you know, whatever that projection is to, you know, what else could be, mm-hmm. stimulating that conversation and talking about okay, how do we get to this hope. If, if the supervisor, if Jill goes in with no hope, then nobody has hope. If Jill goes in with hope, then you can get a vision, and from that vision create some positive energy to move people forward. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so Jill's but ability think, to, to demonstrate confidence, to influence the direction of the organizational mm-hmm. kind of movement or direction. Absolutely. And, and Valerie, were you saying something too? Yeah, I, I, along Sorry. where Jenny was going, at, at any time is a good time to build the commitment because... When you're in a difficult time, you you need commitment from team members. You need people willing to stay focused and uh, work together because that's where they're going to begin to feel like there's, like you said, Dr. G, some hope. That's when they become successful because the commitment becomes, the commitment is to each other through this time, and it's for it. It is beneficial for the organization to have people committed, but it's also beneficial for individuals individuals and the team because um, that's where strength and energy comes from. Um, that's how you dispel the, the discouragement and begin to uh, work together. You get through those conflicts. You, right. you, you overcome obstacles. Exactly. Um, you begin to see what the future can look like. Right. And you don't do it alone because if you don't have that commis- commitment, people become isolated. And, and again, you know, you lose productivity, often turnover, people, it, it goes into all the, the negative things that happen. Yeah, and we want to put a, a comma there, and when we come back, okay. I'm going to pick up there. We need to go to break, sure. but we'll come back, pick up with you, Valerie. And there are some thoughts I want to share with Jill with regards to, you know, organizations that were facing mergers and layoffs, and how do you still, even in the midst of, of that cloud, create a, po- a positive um, space where people can continue to move forward and, um, and again, show some commitment that's relative to what it is they're dealing with. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We all face some economic uncertainty in our life. What makes the difference is how we take command of that and survive. Tune in to Strategies for Financial Survival with host Michael Figueroa. Michael has been up and down the road to success several times, and along with his guests, will share the skills of survival. By assessing your strengths and skills and applying them to your future, you can make it through tough times, regardless of your field. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'm Cheryl G., and also on the line is our co-host, Jenny Fermer, who is the executive, am I always seeing this wrong, associate executive director. Jenny, is that the correct title? Wonderful. With Alfred Jewish Family and Children's Services, based in West Palm Beach, Florida. And Valerie Wright, CEO with Wright Ideals Unlimited, also our associate producer, for Leadership Matters. Thank you both for being on the line. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about fostering commitment and follow-through. Before we went to break, Valerie, you were making a point. Do you still have that in mind? Uh, <laughs> no, I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had a birthday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Are you suggesting it's a senior moment? Is that what this is about? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are we putting that on seniors? No. <laughs> you know, that, you know uh, that comment resembles me. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Well, I did have a thought for Jill. The only reason I didn't forget is because I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, that's wise. <laughs> learning to compensate for my challenges, actually. So, Jill, my other thought was, again, not really knowing what the challenges are that your organization is facing, but I know that I've worked with organizations that have been um, sometimes bought uh, when I'm working in private industry, and other times we've had changes in power with regards to the um, leadership teams have changed, and be it because the um, political scene has changed and you have different... um, 
parties that have come into play, and so there's been a trickle-down effect with regards to leadership that's directing executive team and so on and so forth. But in those situations where people don't know what's happening next, and they may have this um, period of time where they're just kind of waiting to see, um, you know, in a, in a merger situation or in a, you know, being sold situation, do I have a job? Do I not have a job? If I have a job, is it going to be doing this or something else? Um, we began to talk with them at least about their legacy. What would they leave as their legacy? Something that then allows them to begin to think about how do they leave where they are graciously. And we say graciously because you don't have to think about the organization. You can simply be absorbed in thinking about yourself. But if we can encourage them to do both, to think about what they need to do to take care of themselves in the case, in the best case scenario or in the case scenario where they continue, where they're able to continue to serve where they are, what do they do so that they're best positioned to, to do that? And if they're not going to be able to continue to serve and they're going to be leaving the organization, what do they do to prepare themselves for their departure and what do they do to leave a legacy for the organization? So we can always think about a framing that allows people to move forward regardless of the circumstances. Probably the worst thing for us to do is to know that people are are in despair and we simply join them in despair. You know, so it's how do I bring them out? How do I create some sense of hope and then begin to create a vision from that hope and help people move forward and raise the fog? Because as long as they're sitting in the fog of despair, very often productivity and everything will simply stop. And, you know, the analogy I always give is driving down the street, right? You hit that, you hit that um, fog, it's the natural reaction to do what? What do you do when you hit the fog, Jenny, or... or um, Valerie. Well, you usually can't see. You stop or slow down. Absolutely, you Mm -hmm. stop and slow down. So if we have people working in a fog, that's typically what we're going to get. We're going to get them slowing down or stopping. And um, so if we're going to get some value, we've got to lift the fog some kind of way that at least allows them to move forward. And it may not be that we have clear visibility, but we want to get enough visibility so people can begin to or continue to move forward in a productive way. So, mm-hmm. Jill, hopefully that's giving you some food for thought and some ways to think about in this difficult time keeping motivation and commitment uh, with your team members. Right. Yeah. Valerie, you have another question from our listening audience. I do. I have a question from Jillian uh, in New Mexico. Okay. Jillian says, what leadership skills do I need to develop in my in my mid-level managers that would support and help foster their commitment and follow through and that would also benefit them in developing their direct reports. Mm, Wonderful. I love that. Thank you, Jillian, from New Mexico. Um, Any thoughts, Valerie or Jenny, for Jillian? Well, it it seems to me if we're talking about commitment and follow-through, and ultimately, you know, it depends what kind of, 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 I say leader, but manager you, Jillian, might feel like you are. Um, it seems to me that relationship is always the place to start to develop skills. Mm-hmm. Um, open communication, um, really thinking through your long-term vision um, of your department or your unit or what it is you think, um, whether it's excellence or quality or uh, maybe outcomes around numbers, 
but to be able to convey that in a very articulate way so that people can have the opportunity to buy in and understand what kind of not the transactional expectations are, but really the vision is. I think that's always a really good place to start. And one would think that is easy to do, but it's not always that easy to do. Mm-hmm. No, I agree wholeheartedly, and I would say starting in that same space. Um, Valerie, anything you would add? Uh, I Two things, probably integrity in the leaders, um, mm-hmm. cultivating that, and passion. Um, I think passion spurs commitment. It spurs follow-through, uh, and it's a, a, a source of energy for getting things done. So I think those are maybe not quite hard skills, but certainly leadership skills that would help them as they work with their direct reports. Mm-hmm. I, I love um, what both of you have said, and I will probably echo the inspiration that um, you know, being inspiring to where you can stir some you know, passion around the greater purpose and what people are doing or why it's purposeful, why it's meaningful. It's real important. Jenny, I absolutely love um, the underscoring of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think leaders that are transactional mm-hmm. get compliance. Leaders that develop relationships get commitment. And so if we're... Um, if, as a leader, I go to get feedback and all my feedback is about the task, mm-hmm. you know, you need to improve in this, you need to improve in that, and I don't start that feedback process with intention, you know, just stating, you know, what's my positive intent? If I can say, you know, um, I want to, I, you know, want to provide you with some feedback on some things that are, mm-hmm. that have, you know, we, that I've observed, um, and I really am providing this feedback because I want to see you grow in your position. I want to see you have a really good um, career in your field. If I can express some positive intent while I'm giving feedback, then it it, it becomes a transformational conversation, one that's around commitment versus if I just go in, I give the situation, behavior, the impact, um, and what I want to see in the future. That's a very transactional conversation. Mm-hmm. It might get compliance, mm-hmm. but it's not as likely to develop commitment. So really, I think um, helping leaders understand just the importance of and developing the interpersonal skills necessary mm-hmm. to develop relationships yeah. is, I think, um, critical for doing what Jillian is talking about doing with regards to fostering commitment. Right. And, and Daniel Pink wrote a lot about um, drive and what motivates us. Um, and I recently saw online, if anyone were interested, they could go to RSA Animate on YouTube, and there's one called The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, and it's it's just a delightful depiction because it's all kind of cartoon-drawn, mm-hmm. but it really talks very specifically to this point about, and Daniel Pink writes a lot, about the thing that motivates most of us is purpose. Mm, Very good. Really understanding why we're part of an organization, Mm -hmm. getting behind the cause of the organization, what it it as an organization is doing to change people's lives, particularly those of us in the service field and the human service sector. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it may be that somebody hasn't bought into the purpose of the organization and Mm -hmm. therefore is not motivated, not committed, not engaged, Mm-hmm. And no mm-hmm. amount of prodding and pushing <laughs> is necessarily going to work. 
Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And um, Jenny, give that reference again. Sure. It's RSA Animate, like animation, A-N-I-M-A-T-E, and you could find it on YouTube, and it's, um, it's titled The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, and it's a, you know, probably a seven-minute video with Daniel Pink talking, and he has one of these artists kind of um, depicting while he's talking, so it really sticks with you because you see these, these animation in the pictures as well as hearing the words. Fabulous. Thank you for sharing that. Valerie, anything you'd add for Julian? Or for Jillian, rather? No, I think um, I might emphasize when I talked about integrity, I didn't go into detail, but I think I, I say uh, that because of it is about taking responsibility for your own actions and mm-hmm. the actions of the team as a manager or a leader. And I think that's par- a part of commitment is being willing to own the action, to um, take on your responsibility and own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it um, that kind of um, triggers for me the Coons and Punzers um, piece around credibility, and, and they have a really um, yeah. a strong emphasis on doing what you say you're going to do. Right. And, um, you know, so that credibility piece certainly dovetails nicely into the integrity piece. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to me that we talk about commitment, engagement, motivation, and the follow-through piece is is a whole different component to that. Yeah, let's talk about the follow-through piece, because Jillian did have that, I think, in her question as well. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the follow-through piece is, is... can be more challenging. Someone can be very passionate, have great integrity, be very engaged, very committed, but really stink at follow-through. And um, on the other hand, someone can be really great at follow-through, but they don't necessarily kind of know when they have done follow-through. And so they keep drilling down and drilling down, and, and that in and of itself can then begin to feel like burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think follow-through means different things to different people, mm-hmm. but it's how one really closes the loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and I think an important part of the um, conversation that we can have, uh, uh, particularly with staff or even volunteers on a project we're working on that can really help to set up some follow-through is really to... Um, establish some milestones and some check-in points along the way so that there is a um, there are natural spaces for check-ins to happen and there are natural spaces for celebration to happen by you know establishing early on what are the success indicators and what are the milestones associated with those success indicators and then what are our check-in points so that we're getting um, feedback in place so really what's the monitoring system for the follow-through to happen. And if we don't have a monitoring system for follow-through to happen, I think it makes it more difficult to keep it on people's radar screens um, to see, you know, are things tracking the way we'd like to have them tracked. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And so talking about those expectations are really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it really takes us back to the conventional um, performance management with regards to that clear expectation conversation, putting in place some way for monitoring whether or not the things that we're expecting are happening, and then being able to loop back with some consequences, being the conversation great when things are on track and we're giving positive feedback about things being on track and awarding accordingly. And when they're not on track, having the conversation that says it's not on track, how do we adjust, and dealing with it accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Valerie, anything you'd add? No, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Great. So, Valerie, do you have another question for us? Uh, yes, I have a question from Nathan in California. Okay. Nathan says, how do employees who are committed, engaged, and who follow through show up in the workplace? In other words, what do they do and how do they impact the workplace? Okay. Thank you, Nathan from California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts from yourself, um, Valerie or Jenny? Well, I think the first thing is they show up and get it done. <laughs> um, employees who are committed, who are engaged, are good executioners. Mm-hmm. They're able to make things happen and not just talk about it, not just plan for it, but um, th- they are the ones who are making things happen. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting question because... Um, Nathan, we tend to really focus on those folks who who are not generally um, demonstrating commitment, expressing their passion and their you know their integrity and all the things we've been talking about. Those that do, I fear that sometimes we kind of take them for granted mm-hmm. and maybe don't spend enough time articulating as you've just done, Valerie. Um, the things that really make them, you know, how that looks on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think hopefully um, the impact is that you're achieving your mission and vision. Uh, you know, uh, they are leading the way in their areas of responsibility and kind of making that happen. And I think to both of your points, uh, when they show up and they are engaged and they are committed, it becomes real important for us to... Um, Acknowledge that and um, reinforce it and um, make sure that we are celebrating the positive energy and success Mm -hmm. that they're bringing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, any additional thoughts for Nathan for that great thought-provoking question? No, but I'm I'm going to carry that with me for a while, for a few days, and really think about it because I'm not sure that we really pause enough to articulate why someone does a great job. Yes, maybe yeah. they, we do it performance evaluation time yeah. and performance but, review time. Yeah. yeah, I think they are organized people, that they are ones who keep their, their promises to get things done. They, if they give, they word. Like you talked about earlier, there are people who uh, say what they're going to do and do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think... I think that's how they show up. I think they show up focused on getting something done, um, accomplishing things. Sorry, and it may not be that, they, that they're complete stars. It may be that they, right. um, that they are a great individual contributor, 
mm-hmm. and they know what they know, and they know how to go and get, they know the resources to get what they don't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what Valerie said initially, and that you kind of um, added to, Jenny, with regards to it. As leaders, it becomes real important for us to notice and to recognize their contributions and to not just be focused on where things aren't happening, mm-hmm. but really be um, um, responsive to and express gratitude to where things are happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great question, Nathan. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Looks like we need to take another break. Valerie, do you have additional questions from our listening audience? I do. I Great. Do. So when we come back, we will go through some additional um, thoughts on how to foster commitment and follow through. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we are talking about fostering commitment and follow-through. Valerie, want to jump right in and see if we have additional questions from our listening audience. Okay, we have a question from Betty in California. Okay. Betty asks, how does corporate communication impact the level of commitment and follow-through of individuals in the organization's workforce? Okay, another great question. Thank mm-hmm. you, Betty, from California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenny or Valerie, you want to start us off with a response to Betty? Oh, no. I'm going to wait to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Valerie, you want to go first or want me to jump in? Uh, I think you should jump in. 
<laughs> oh, you guys are so gracious. <laughs> well, I think that corporate communication totally um, sets the tone, and it tremendously impacts the um, commitment and follow-through in an organization. Uh, I think that we have to be very careful um, as the executives within an organization to make sure that what's going forth um, is, um, you know, how it's really going to impact um, the vision for the organization, the branding for the organization, and uh, the morale of the organization. I think branding efforts always start with employees. Um, Organizations that fool themselves into thinking that they can start a branding effort outside of the organization, they're fooling themselves. So I think the corporate communications impact um, is definitely, if the corporate communication says that um, employees are important, we care about employees, they're, they are um, essential in delivering our, mess, I mean, our mission, and it, they are critical to us achieving our vision. If the corporate communication holds the employees in high esteem, then um, that's going to help you have a... Um, a workforce that feels valued and appreciated, and if that's not the case, then that doesn't um, that yeah. that that's not going to it, then it's not going to help. But I think the other piece is you know will people find themselves in that corporate communication? It's not just making sure people know, but it's making sure that they care. And so, do you have pieces of communication coming from your executive level, you know, within the organization that um, feels like it's germane to? the people in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that such, sometimes it can be such small things that make a huge difference. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a unit or a division, a supervisor or a manager talking about my, my staff as opposed to my team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's, it's language. Language is really important for mm-hmm. how you convey messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, language is critically important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. I think even down to how uh, titles that pe- people are given impact it job satisfaction. Impact. Uh, I'm with you, Jenny, on this whole language and and the um, tone, Doctor G, as you talk about. What's the tone of the message um, that's being delivered? I think it it happens at organizational level, it happens at uh, department or unit levels, and I think it happens on individual levels in terms of how we impact um, people's uh, commitment through how we communicate to them, how we connect with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Communication is also germane to relationships. So my relationship with you is, is based on how you're communicating with me, whether that's as a as an organization um, in a generic sense or as a leader in the organization who is, res- who, who, um, is responsible for supervising and managing my work, how are you communicating with me? What are, messages are you delivering? So I think it impacts job satisfaction. Like you said, Dr. G. Morrell, I think that it boils down to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that corporate communication, I mean, it's where we get a sense of purpose. It's where we get a sense of what's driving passion. It's where we get a sense of whose best interest Mm -hmm. is at heart with regards to the organization. When we think of the word commitment, I mean, for me, um, the emotion that stands out is trust. Right. Um, and, And trust is, you know, one of those cornerstones for a relationship. So I think it drives back. And then follow-through goes back to what we talked about earlier with regards to, you know, what's in place so that there's an expectation for something else. If we don't communicate an expectation for something else, then follow-through may not happen because what what happens on the front end may simply be all back, as Jenny was talking about, how language and words are important. If I only set up an expectation for the now, do I have an expectation or a check-in that drives me to think about, past the now. So if I, you know, so going back to Betty's question about how does the corporate communication and value, you have to kind of help me with the wording. It's like how does, how does the corporate communication impact the level of commitment and follow through? Of the individual. Uh, yeah, in of the, the individual organization. Yeah, absolutely. So the commitment is all about, you know, what's the tone? What's the purpose? You know, what's, is it inspirational? Is it, is, does it drive passion? Does it communicate best interest to where there's, you know, trust that that there is um, positive intent toward those who are serving and those who are being served. Um, and in that communication, does communication, you know, is it about quarterly updates and you can expect a, um update then every quarter or, you know, so what's, so if, if I'm expecting it, then, uh, and I know as an individual that this organization is going to be publishing a dashboard that I'm following through because I want my information on the dashboard that's coming to the public to be favorable. So it drives me to think beyond the what is to the what's going to be reported next and my actions that need to happen to get that dashboard, you know, data that's going out there or that's going up to the board to um, be favorable. So it can drive what we focus on in that corporate communication. Corporate communication says these are the goals that we're given to the board or these are the goals that are reporting to our stakeholders or these are the board, these are the goals that are re- being reported to our constituents with regards to our citizens. Then it does drive me to think, okay, I need to focus on this. I need to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Like some I of the things the that process, I think of. I think the process of communication within the organization also impact commitment oh, and absolutely. Say you know, more. Who gets the information? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it delivered? Is it two or three generations down? Is it through the grapevine or are um, people communicated with, with the same message? Do we all get an opportunity to hear? Do some people get the message and then it's whispered about and then weeks later everybody get to hear? You know, how? what is the process of delivering the message? How is it flowing through the organization? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and, who's, and who's delivering it mm-hmm. in that process? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's almost like purposefully positioning um, messengers, messaging, yes. um, so that it flows throughout the organization, through yes. the various and layers. It, and it's official Being communication. about it. Yeah, so I'm really being, yeah. being intentional yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that's important because so many times employees are wounded because everybody knew but this group or, you know, 
or by the time some people get the information, it's old, they can't participate, they've missed something, you know, what's, what's that process? How is it set up and who benefits? Mm-hmm. And and that it be thoughtful and planful. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that also takes us, could, I mean, we're near the end of the show, but it could take us in a whole direction of culture because yes. in some ways that's what we're really describing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and really, I mean, I think everything within the organization touches on culture. Yeah, it yeah. really mm-hmm. does. And, you know, and I kind of, my mantra saying it over and over, over and over again, Valerie probably heard it until... You, I'm sure you say it in your sleep, the organization culture <laughs> becomes whatever is being modeled, supported, and rewarded. Right. And, you know, and, and all that is what we say and do, which is communication. It's, you know, mm-hmm. what they see in our behavior with regards to what's consistent, what's not consistent. It's, you know, what are we supporting with regards to trainings? What are we supporting with regards to goals that are established? And what are we rewarding? Who gets in, what, what behaviors really are Right, and that comes into the motivation and the commitment and That's also right. the follow-through. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's all, all of this is really definitely wrapped into the culture. Valerie, do you have any other questions for our listening audience? We probably have about seven minutes remaining. Okay. I have one question uh, from okay. Melvin in Florida. Um, Melvin's question is, what are the top five or six reasons people choose to stay in their jobs? Hmm. Nice question, Melvin. I always know the number one. I'm not sure about the others, but the number one that I always see is supervisors. Very often, um, yeah, number one I, reason why people lose their job, yeah. or you know, leave their job, I should say, um, supervisor. It's a supervisor. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're often they, yeah. My, my former pastor used to say, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. It is. It is it is critical. I think mm-hmm. another reason people stay in their jobs or leave their job is the level of challenge in the work. Mm-hmm. Am I being challenged um, to the degree that makes me feel like this is something I want to do, um, mm-hmm. or am I being over challenged or under challenged? You know, is mm-hmm. that challenge level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of the work. Yeah, and I have no research to back this up, but I would imagine pay is certainly part of it. Do people feel yeah. fairly compensated? Yeah. yeah. Or can would, they be compensated elsewhere for yeah. you know, right. better compensation? It may not be paid, Dr. G. I would, well, I would also say pay benefit or uh, retirement. Mm-hmm. People often yeah, say because of, they have mm-hmm. yeah, compensation. Some type of compensation, absolutely. Uh-huh. You know, flexibility, being mm-hmm. able to have a flexible, mm-hmm. relatively yeah. autonomous job yeah. um, or position. Mm-hmm. And I also think um, that it has to do, we mentioned it earlier, but culture. culture because someone work can get paid a lot yeah. but not feel valued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And someone can get paid a lot but not feel that they have a purpose and therefore they're not as motivated to mm-hmm. be at that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think purpose and passion, Jenny, is another reason. Is do people feel like are they passionate about the work they're doing? I feel like mm-hmm. they are fulfilling a purpose, and, and if not, they often will leave. Like you say, whether regardless to what the compensation is and whatever comes along with that, people want to feel like they are doing something that's meaningful. And if that is not happening for them, they may leave. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, and any uh, any additional thoughts with regards to that? I, I think um, I would I would 
add that um, companies have um, become more focused on retention and looking at um, how to retain employees, how... I'm I'm going to interrupt myself and say one of the other things I would add to that is um, people weren't um, a good match in the position when they Mm -hmm. were hired. I think that speaks to the point I'm trying to make in terms of being able to understand who you're hiring into the organization Mm -hmm. and preparing them uh, so that they are fit within the organization. Yeah, here's an interesting article I just kind of Googled here. Um, and it's on, um, I just Googled the 10 top reasons people leave their jobs, and it says management demands that one person do the job of two or more people, mm-hmm. resulting in them having to work weekends and longer hours and so on and so forth. I'm also seeing uh, management cut back on administrative help or mm-hmm. uh, forcing professionals to use their time doing copying, stapling, yada, other kind of clerical duties. Management puts a freeze on raises and promotions, when an employee can easily find a job earning 20 to 30% more elsewhere. Uh, let's see, management does not allow the rank and file to make decisions or participate in a way that gives them a sense of pride or ownership. Mm-hmm. And then management constantly reorganizing where people feel shuffled around and a change of direction constantly where the top five, I'm not sure what the other yeah, six and, were. And but, two of those mm-hmm. five were related to purpose. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I have. You know, I, I also think, think a lot has huge. to do with um, generational. So your traditionalists may stay in a job longer. Um, you know, down to millenniums, mm-hmm. where that may not be where they're at. Right. Yeah. Sounds like we actually need to close up for the day. <laughs> but I tell you, I've enjoyed this conversation with both you and uh, Jenny Thank Valerie. It's been a lot of great fun. It's Thank been great. you. Thank so, you. thank you to our listening audience for those who sent in questions. We appreciate it. And. Um, Invite each of you to send in questions each each week or to call us and join us in the conversation. And you can send in comments as well. So please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.